Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1713. Today we're at the auctions, Meekum Auctions. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Walworth, Wisconsin, with a very special guest by the name of Dave Majors. Hey, Dave, welcome to Cars Yeah. Now, I usually ask my guests if they're buckled up and ready for a fun ride. I think in your case, do you have your bidder card ready, ready to buy some cars? We are we are always ready to go, always anxious to get to an auction. So yes, I am, and we're we're always buckled up. I think I would say. I think so. Yeah, I've enjoyed many many of your auctions, both in person and on the television. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, Dave, what's one little thing you might share with my listeners that maybe most people don't know about you? Well. What people don't know, uh, and and they're always quite surprised about, is my career path. So I, I've always been a car guy. I think I was a car guy since I was five years old. But that wasn't necessarily my my career. It was more my passion. And and I've had the the luxury over the last nine years of Meekum to marry those two. But I'm actually a um, a CPA with a degree in accounting. Uh, I have a master's degree in finance. And previous life, I was a frequent public speaker on economics. And I spent 37 years in the insurance industry, uh, the last 10 of those 37 years as CFO for a very large uh, national insurance company. So it's when I, when I tell people that, they always raise an eyebrow and think, <laughs> well, how did you get from there to here? Yeah. And, and it's uh, quite a transition, but as a second career, I don't think anybody could have a better second career than to be able to marry a lifelong passion with having a lot of fun and, and, and being able to run a business in the automotive space. Oh, absolutely. It's all what Cars Yeah is all about, inspiring automotive enthusiasts. And being from the insurance industry, which is sometimes thought of as kind of dry and sterile and very highly regulated, lots of rules and regulations, to move into this sector of the fun of auctions and filling people's dreams, uh, you must wake up some mornings and go, what happened? How did I get here? Yeah, although I can tell you, I didn't quite get away from the regulation like I thought I might. And you're <laughs> yeah. correct. Insurance is heavily regulated, but when you're a when you're an entertainment auction company that travels the country from state to state uh, putting on events, you have to deal with a DMV in every one of those states. And every one of those states has a different set of, of rules and a different rulebook. And so yeah. now instead of, uh, instead of having to deal with insurance regulations, I'm dealing with uh, automotive dealer and uh, auction uh, regulations. So like I said, I didn't, didn't actually get away from that as much as I <laughs> thought I wanted to or, yeah. or would be able to. Well, when you're dealing with state governments, federal governments, yeah, there's lots of rules and regulations. I didn't even think about that because everyone thinks of the DMV as, oh, gosh, what a pain. And now you've got a whole bunch of them to deal with all over the country. So <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, you have title issues, registration, sales tax issues, you know, a whole host of things. It's hoops you have to jump through. And, and like I said, every state's different. 
Oh, yeah. Well, it sounds like they got the right guy in place. Let me give you a proper introduction and let's dive into your world a little bit. Dave Majors is the CEO of Meekum Auctions, where he has served since 2013. The Meekum Auction Company is the world leader of collector car, vintage and antique motorcycle and road art sales, hosting auctions throughout the United States. This man has a frequent flyer card, a whole bunch of them. The company has been specializing in the sale of collector cars for over 30 years, now offering more than 20000 lots per year and averaging more than one auction every single month. Dave has over 40 years of experience in the business and financial sector as he shared with us. And of course, like he said, he's a lifelong car guy along with his role at Meekum. He was a certified public accountant and holds an MBA, as he mentioned, and has served as an active board member for several respected organizations along with his work and passion for philanthropy. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Dave, but first a word from our valued sponsors. They make the show possible. Get your bitter cards out. Hold them high. We're going to have some fun. We're at Meekum today. Sit tight. Did you know that Covercraft offers you much, much more than just car covers, floor mats, seat covers, and trunk liners? When you visit Covercraft.com, you'll find Cologne Custom Bras, Labra Front End Covers, and hood protectors that protect your vehicle's front end during road trips. No more rock chips or hours removing nasty bow jerky from the grill or your paint. You'll find vehicle seatback organizers that keep everything in check. They're perfect for those kids' things in the back seat. Spidey gear webs that keep the cargo in your truck bed safely in place. Seat heaters, cargo bars, pro nets, rooftop carriers, and pet travel barriers that keep Fido in the back seat where he belongs. They even make tire covers for winter storage or summer storage of your tires. And don't forget their dash mat dashboard covers that shield the sun's damaging rays and their sunscreens, one of my personal favorites. Their pet protection pads are easy to install. They remove and are washable. They protect your floors, seats from Fido's damaging claws and messy fur and hair. Everything at Covercraft is carefully engineered and of course, always quality made and i've got a great deal for you if you use the code yeah 120 at covercraft.com you get 10 percent off your covercraft order that's right 10 percent off just use the code yeah 120 y-e-a-h 120 at checkout covercraft protecting the things that move you All right, Dave, we are back. And as we continue on this journey, I'm going to call your life. I would love for you to share a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has a meaning for you. It's a nice way to get those inspirational tires spinning across the platform a little bit here. So, Dave, take the wheel. (laughs) Well, as you mentioned, uh, my wife and I enjoy being involved with a lot of not-for-profit organizations, serving on boards, uh, doing whatever we can to, to help out. And we have a number of of institutions that are very uh, close to us. And I would say as a lifelong mantra, uh, she and I both, and uh, what we've quoted over and over to anybody that will listen is, uh, leave it better than you found it. Mm. And that's, that's been our lifelong goal is whatever we're involved in, whether that be business or relationships, personal relationships, business relationships, philanthropy, uh, charitable organizations, it, if you keep that in mind, just leave it better than you found it. Yeah. That's how the world continues to improve. And, you know, if we all do that rather than uh, just kind of writing the even keel or worse yet, um, tearing things down rather than building them up, the world becomes a better place over and over. And I, I think that's from a, from a personal perspective, that's something that we have believed in and something that uh, Karen and I have lived by for 
uh, our entire life together, and we've been married uh, 38 years now. Wow. And knock on wood, I, <laughs> I, I think she likes the idea that she doesn't see me very often, and that may be why we've been married 38 years. And then, uh, you know, from a business perspective, I enjoy spending a lot of time with uh, various college groups talking about careers and success and positioning yourself. And what I preach to them over and over is um, you have to be versatile. That and boy, particularly in this year, yeah, <laughs> versatility has become yeah. extremely important this year. But the way I describe that when I when I talk about versatility is we all have personal goals and we have business goals. And and if you you know if you put a dot at the bottom of the page where you're at, and then you you put a dot at the top of the page uh, where you want to get to, where your goal is in five or ten or twenty or thirty years, nobody can draw a straight line between those two points. You may actually get to that to that goal to that top line, but it's going to be a very jagged journey on the way. And you're 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 very seldom you're actually going to be on the straight line. You're going to be all over that line and just hope that you keep navigating back and forth to get to where you need to be. And as I've said before, I've never seen a five year plan in my entire business career that actually came true. <laughs> yes, I know. But you need plans and goals. We all know that they're not going to come true exactly as we design them, but you need plans and goals in order to set that path. So you've always got something to be navigating and steering steering towards when you come off of the straight line. So those two things, I think, throughout my entire, my personal life and my career have, have guided me that if I'm, if I'm always trying to leave it better than I found it, and I understand that I'm going to have to bob and weave and tweak my, my path as I go, um, you know, hopefully when you get to the end, you got to where you, you're proud of and where you expected to be. You know, it's a wonderful way to go through life. It's a lot about paying it forward. And uh, when I hear you share this idea, I think of friends of mine who are pilots and they, they use that same analogy. When you get in an aircraft, you set a course and you know where you want to land. But along the way, there's lots of things that push you up, down, sideways, winds, weather. you got to go around things, but you always keep adjusting everything to head back on course. And that's very much what that travel plan through life can be like, just the way you described it. So I love it. Leave it better than you found it. Absolutely spectacular. Well, let's talk a little bit or talk a lot about Mecham because this is a company that is on the forefront of auctions. I mean, you guys have been around forever. It's absolutely incredible what you do. You've entertained a lot of us in a lot of different ways. Like I said, I've been to your auctions live. I've watched you on television. And the fact that this year we were dealt a very odd blow, <laughs> and you guys seem to pivot in Bob and Weave, but I think you were already kind of prepped for it in many ways, right? Well, we, we were and we weren't, you know, but I, I have a, I have a great team and we were, we were quickly able to adjust any path that we were on to be able to accommodate what we saw as being what the future was going to look like, whether that be short term, long term. Um, nobody knew how long this thing was going to last. I was just, I was joking with my staff yesterday. Uh, when we went on lockdown the 1st of April, I was convinced that by the 1st of June, this pandemic would be over and we'd be back to business as normal. And here we are in December. Surprise. Uh, still trying to figure out how to safely do auctions and yeah. uh, with the one uh, coming up uh, relatively soon. It, it's been a challenge for us, but I would say we everything that we've done uh, over the last uh, nine or 10 months uh, not only has, has allowed us to thrive during a pandemic, not just survive, but I think has made us a much stronger company. And a lot of those things that we've done 
will continue beyond the pandemic. It's caused us to step back and look at what we do and how we do it. And in a lot of cases, is there, a, is there an easier, better, simpler, more economical way to do that? And some of the changes that we made were instrumental to not only holding live auctions uh, during the pandemic, but will be so for the future of our business and the success of our business as well. Let's talk about some of those. I had Frank Meekham on the show a couple months ago, uh, and he shared a little bit of that. But even a couple months ago, things have continued to change here. So what are some of the things that you had to pivot and bob and adjust and realign so that you could continue to do business that you think you'll be carrying forward? Yeah, well, we, we started, this actually goes back for us to the middle of March of 2020. And we we were actually at an auction uh, one of our bigger auctions in Scottsdale, uh, Glendale, Arizona, at State Farm Stadium, mm-hmm. which is a big event for us because we're at State Farm Stadium, and State Farm is our oldest and biggest sponsor. And uh, it was a relatively new event; it was only our second year there. And that was a, that event was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday event, and we kicked it off on Wednesday, and just it was gangbusters the entire day. It was it was one of our best first days of an event that that I can recall. And then that happened to be the Wednesday night that the world melted down. Uh, when all the sports teams started to close down, uh, businesses closed down. That's To me, that was the start of the pandemic. And the next three days of that auction, our auction business was off 80% from the prior year. Wow. So we were we actually got caught in the middle of the storm in, in the middle of an auction. And we, when we got back to Wisconsin, uh, within, I think, two or three days, we went on mandatory stay at home, uh, both in Wisconsin and Illinois. And since our office sits kind of on the border, we have employees from both states. And so immediately when we got home, we, we didn't have the opportunity to get together with our staff to start to plan for how we move forward because no one was in the office. I started doing daily conference calls with my senior staff, and there are eight of those folks, nine including myself, and we started to spend two or three hours a day just figuring out where we at and how are we going to go forward and what adjustments do we need to make. And over the two months of the stay-at-home order, we came up basically with an entirely new game plan for our business that included, I I think most importantly, uh, during that time frame, we created a much more robust online uh, bidding opportunity, not necessarily to be used for online only auctions, but to give you the ability to sit at home on your computer, look at your computer screen, and it would look just like you were sitting in the front row right in front of the auctioneer's podium Brilliant. at the live auction itself. Yeah. And not only that, but the auctioneer had the other side of that. So as the auctioneer is calling bids, he can say that, Dave, you know, is that your last bid to somebody who's sitting at home on their screen? So for all practical purposes, it allowed you to not be at the auction, but at the same time still be at the auction. Wonderful. That has been so well received. Not only are we seeing a lot of our auction sales, our live auction sales coming from that particular pipeline, what we're seeing is that about 90% of the bidders that are registering for that online bidding opportunity at a live auction are brand new bidders to us, people we never knew before. Really? Wow. So we've tapped into a completely new market, people that you know traditionally would have said, you know, I, I see Mecham on TV, I, you know, I'd really like to buy some of those cars, but I can't go to Dallas, I can't go to Houston, I can't go to Kissimmee, Florida. But now they have an opportunity to do it from their living room. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And they're taking advantage of that. So 
That that's probably I think had the most monumental impact on our business, and of course that will survive uh, even the pandemic. And then the other couple of things, just in general, we created a completely contactless check-in capability for those bringing their cars to the auction. So normally you'd have to bring your car to the auction. We have people that go over the VIN plates and you know make sure the car is legitimate and you're with your car when they do that. And then you go to the office and you do all the paperwork. And then we take your car and put it on the floor and, and get it ready to go to auction. Well, with our own fleet of trucks, you have to do none of that now. If you can sign your car to our auction, we can come and pick it up with our truck. We'll go through all the check-in process for you. We'll send you the paperwork online that you can complete with DocuSign and send it back. And all you have to do is come to the auction and watch your car be sold. Nice. And then we we created the exact same capability. Uh, We call it Express Checkout, where a bidder sitting in in the audience uh, can raise their hand. uh, They'll get the winning bid, and all they have to do is go home. We'll, again, we'll put, a, put together all the paperwork, we'll mark it where you need to sign, we'll send it to you, we'll put your car on one of our trucks, we'll deliver that car to you at your house. So you didn't have to go sit in the office as anybody that's bought a new car or used car before knows right. the mountain of paperwork you have to go through. You, you no longer have to do that. Wow. This is so cool. Yeah, just lastly, all of the, again, kind of just generalizing, we had to change our auction venues. So you have to get your temperature check to come in. You have to answer some medical questions. You have to sign a release. Uh, we changed the, the way our, ta- our, our seating is arranged. We used to be theater-style seating. Now we're classroom-style seating. With Everybody gets a table, and there are two or three chairs at each table, mm. which we found that our customers absolutely love. Right. They can kind of spread out. Well, and they, and they have a table in front of them. They can put their paper there. They right. can write on it. They can set their drink on the table. That's something that going forward, that, that again, will survive the pandemic because we found a better way that our customers like. And because they like it better, they stay at the auction longer. Exactly. So they're not up and down so many times. So, and, of course, you have to wear masks and we have plexiglass between you know, any customer contacts and all those kinds of things. So there's, it's really kind of it falls into three, into three buckets. It's the how do you access us? Being able to do business with us the way you want to do business with us whether that be on the telephone, online, or at at a live auction. And then making sure that uh, you don't have to spend a lot of time face-to-face or waiting in line to do whatever you need to do to buy a ticket, to get a bidder badge, to pay for your vehicle, to do your paperwork, to, to check your vehicle in. And then lastly, of course, the, the we have a 12-page safety protocol that encompasses everything that we do at an auction to make sure not only our customers are safe, but our employees are safe. Right. Wow. Well, you and I were talking before we started the show and a little pre-show chat about the silver linings of this COVID and how it's, yeah, how it, there are some silver linings. And if anything, I've heard from all the people I've spoken with this year is the enormous ingenuity of people and their ability to change and adjust and modify. And in many, many cases, like with you guys, these are things that are going to carry forward in a positive way for the consumers once we're out of a pandemic situation. And should heaven forbid we have another one, everybody's ready and knows how to deal with it. I always ask my guest, Dave, about a big challenge they faced. Obviously, this was a massive one. <laughs> Probably the biggest one any of us have faced in many ways, unless it's a serious health issue, of course, or loss of loved ones. Is there a big challenge you faced in your career, your life that I could get you to share with us? But more importantly, what was that 
lesson learned? I think you're one of those guys that takes failure and change as learning opportunities. Maybe walk us through one and then tell us how you came out of that in a positive way on the other side. Well, I've, I've had, an, you know, it, particularly in, in previous life, I had some some rather sizable challenges. I was, as CFO of, of a large insurance company, I was also in charge of our investment portfolio and all of the people that managed our investment portfolio. And at the time uh, when I left, we had about 20, 21 or $22 billion uh, invested. Oh, my. And of course, yeah, of course, uh, 1987, 1988, and 2010, uh, 8, 9, 10. Oh, gosh, yes. Were huge challenges. 2008, 9, and 10 was, was absolutely devastating for anybody in the investment business. And so we... We were less affected, almost not affected, but much less affected than most other insurance companies and investors. And that's because we had always stuck to very strict investment principles in how we invested the insurance company money. And and, and a lot of times we would be criticized for not achieving the kinds of returns that maybe some of our competitors were, which in the insurance business, investment returns dictate what your premiums are. Uh, we would traditionally be about 25 to 50 basis points between some of our other bigger national competitors. And that's because we weren't going out so far on the risk curve, <laughs> Yes, uh, particularly with the mortgage-backed securities that caused all the issues in particularly 2010. And what we found out when we didn't have the impact, when we didn't have the big issues that everyone else had, what we found out was the importance of sticking to your principles. Yes. And that, that became a mantra of the insurance company is when, whenever somebody wanted to deviate and do something a little out on the edge or get kind of carried away or take a lot of risk, we would remind them of, of the benefits of having principles and sticking to them, even, even when you're being criticized for doing so. Just do what you know is right when you know, when you know it's right, regardless of what kind of obstacles are being thrown up. And that's, you know, that was late in my career, but I've still continued to use that um, as I talk to my staff, even here at Mecham. Well, that has been extremely important this year, not only in personal financial investments, and I've had this talk with my financial advisor many times this year about it, with the craziness, not only you had an election year on top of uh, a market that's gone up and down and up and down, and then you add COVID to the whole thing. And it's real easy to let your emotions drive you, whether it's positive or negative, to make some silly mistakes. But I always hear from my advisor and, and people like you, no doubt what you just shared here, you need to set a course and stay on that course. And not deviate, now fall prey to this craziness or the exuberance sometimes of, oh my gosh, the market's going up. I got to invest in this. I got that. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, where did all that go? Yeah, it's it's really key is set those courses. And it's the same when it comes to buying cars, I believe. You see people get themselves in trouble when they get all emotional. And obviously at an auction, it's easy to get emotional. Uh, but those people, those smart buyers are the ones that set of course, they say, this is how much I'm going to go. And they stop and they don't go beyond it. And it's usually the people that don't play that game, especially when it comes to buying cars, whether at auction or just buying collector cars. They're the ones yeah. that often get more bit, right? Yeah. It, it kind of goes back to that, uh, you know, setting the goal. And although it's not a straight line, what you don't want to do is change your goal. Yes. You want to continue to fine tune your path 
to get there. But every time something changes, you don't want to move the move the bogey. No, <laughs> you're probably never going to get any place that any place you want to go. And I and I you know I don't want I don't want to come across as being risk averse because I'm in spite of being a you know a CPA and an accountant and coming from insurance and all that. I'm not a person that's that's against taking risk. I'm a former skydiver. I'm a former bicycle racer. I'm a former motorcycle racer. I okay. I take risk. <laughs> yeah, I, I take guess very so. Calculated. Yeah. It's calculated risk. It's, yes. it's knowing exactly what you can control and what you can't control. It's not gambling. It's making knowledgeable moves when you feel that the time is right. And we do that in this business, you know, the car auction business. That relates to the insurance business. That relates to any business. Yes. Brilliant advice. Let's take a little break. Take a breath. When we come back, we're going to talk about your personal passion for automobiles, Dave. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Keep those bitter cards in your lap. When it was time to renew my last policy for my collector car, my carrier's rates went up. They went way up. But my usage was the same and I never had made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? American Collector's Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? (laughs) I was too. So I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, am I glad I did. I'm saving hundreds of dollars. I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provide me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. What could be better than that? Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture, across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are. Keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. All right, Dave, we're back. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. I mentioned in your intro, and you did as well, that you've been a car guy, quote unquote, for a long, long time. Yeah. Was there a pivotal moment, as you can remember it, when you decided that you indeed were going to have a life around automobiles, motorcycles, airplanes, if you want to jump out of one? Well, I, you know, I think I was, uh, 
I think I was probably predestined. Uh, my On my father's side of the family, my three uncles were mechanics at uh, Chevrolet Garage in a small town in Illinois. Uh, my dad was not. He was uh, a telephone man. But uh, my dad's whole family were always, you know, it was all about cars. There were always cars sitting in the yard or sitting in the drive, and somebody was always tinkering with something under the tree. And so every time I was around my father or my father's family, there were there was always something going on with a car someplace. And we, I, I grew up in uh, central Illinois in a small house with a one-car garage, and I don't think uh, we ever had less than four cars and and there were, and there weren't four of us for the for most of the time. My sister is older than I am, and she'd already left the family, so it was my my mom and my dad and myself, and and four cars with a one car garage, and so they were kind of parked all over. And then uh, when I was probably about twelve years old, I would suspect uh, my dad, who has the same had, he's no longer with us, but he he had about the same mechanical abilities that I have, which are absolutely none. <laughs> we're drivers, we're not mechanics. He decided that he and I were going to do a little bonding, and he bought a, uh, a 1927 Chevrolet pickup truck, a true barn find. And if you're not familiar with that truck, uh, the cab and the bed of that truck are wood. So when you find a barn find uh, truck that's mostly wood, uh, that's been around for 60 years or so, the wood is not in terribly good shape. And right. so I... This car was not in running order. It got unloaded off of a flatbed. It went into that one-car garage, and my dad and I set about restoring that uh, that particular car. We spent, uh, I would say, probably a little over two years on the restoration of the car, not having any idea what we were doing, uh, making very little progress. Uh, finally gave up, and uh, my dad sold the car to another gentleman who came and loaded it back on a flatbed and took it away. And I am convinced to this day that had he started restoring it prior to my dad and I working on it, he would have been better off than what he had after we had been. So I, I still claim it was the world's worst restoration. And I hate to say restoration job because it was actually just a restoration attempt. Attempt, yeah. But, but you know, that time you had with your dad, you never get that back. So uh, that's pretty darn cool. But yeah, those trucks, uh, that's pretty old, old technology. Is there, a, was that the first really special vehicle in your life, even though you didn't end up with it? Or has there, was there another <laughs> first special vehicle? Well, my, my first car was uh, one I'll never forget, and I never got to drive it. <laughs> when I was 14, I fell in love with a yellow Austin Healey Sprite bug eye. Uh-huh. And I was I was doing odd jobs and working at the time, some you know typical things fourteen year old would do. And I had some money, and so my dad uh, decided that he would let me buy it, and that would be my car when I turned sixteen. So we would buy it, and we would put it in the garage, and I would, as I earned money, I would pay him for having purchased the car. By the time I got to be sixteen, it would be my car, and it'd be I'd have it paid for, and I was ready to go. Well, unfortunately for me, uh, my mom and dad both worked during the day and i was left without adult supervision Uh-oh. Uh, most of the time and a buddy of mine and i, I think i was uh, probably 15 at the time a buddy of mine and i came home to my house after school one day and that car was sitting in the garage and i just suggested that maybe we should take it out for a little spin uh-huh. and uh, he jumped in the passenger seat and then i jumped in the driver's seat and as you do uh, i i turned to look over my right shoulder 
to back the car out of the garage. And as I'm backing the car out of the garage, I hear a big crunch. Uh And I turned to look over my left shoulder and I realized I had not closed the driver's door and I just tore it off on the side of the garage. Oh, no. (laughs) So there, there is no way to replace a torn off door on an Austin Healey Sprite before your mom and dad get home from work. Uh, probably not, no. And so that, uh, that, that car did get fixed, and it got sold about a month later, and I never did get to drive it. I, oh, I actually drove it about 15 feet from the front of the garage to the back of the garage. <laughs> Without a door. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had the, I, 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 worked, uh, I worked nights at a Holiday Inn uh, for most of my high school career and all of my college career, and I lived at home during my college career, so I had the luxury of always having a significant amount of cash in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And of course I always spent all my cash on cars. Yeah. And my, so, you know, I have a lot of cars that I, that I love now, but not, not as much as I did when I was, you know, putting every penny that I had yeah. into my pride and joy. And I, I started out, I had that Austin Healey Sprite, great car. And then I had a, a, a maroon 65 Mustang with a white convertible top. Nice. That was the first car I actually got to, to drive, and that was uh, that kind of that kind of made me pretty hot around school to have a convertible and have a Mustang at that time. Oh yeah, and I ended up uh, I fell in love with an Opal GT uh, about three years after I had the Mustang, so I traded the Mustang in for the Opal GT, and I loved that car uh, until I put it on its hood. Uh oh, um, and I was hanging I was hanging upside down in it one day, and uh, again, kind of like the Austin Healey, you can't. It's kind of hard to fix hard, that. Hard to hide that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And and then the uh, I ended up in my last my last high school car. I had a 1973 uh, Ford Gran Torino Sport with a 351 Cleveland with an automatic. And if you recall, if you know anything about those cars, the Cleveland was the hot motor. The Windsor was the dog. Mm-hmm. And if you put your foot in that car, it would bark the tires every time it every time it. <laughs> that shifted. was quite a jump from that Opal GT because those were a yeah. little bit anemic. They looked cool, but they didn't go very fast. I, and I shouldn't say this in public, but I I look for that car, uh, a car like that, that fastback with the Starsky and Hutch laser stripe on it, yeah. at every auction that we go to. And okay. if if I ever saw it. I think somebody's going to make a lot of money because I would pay anything to have that car back. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes cars have a way of finding us again uh, either way. So, yeah. yeah, quite a journey. Well, I'm going to crawl into your head, Dave. A little introspectiveness here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a car, not what you want to be, but your personality in a vehicle, what would you be? And I only get one, huh? Well, yeah, you can only be one car at a time. So let's just say, <laughs> let's just say today. Although I did have a guest, a couple of guests that said a combination of two different kinds of cars. So that's a possibility. Yeah. Frankenstein. Well, I and I and this this is uh, this is not a blatant plug, uh, but one of our sponsors, a uh, very good sponsor of ours, Dodge, uh, came out several years ago with the Hellcat. Oh yeah. And and I have the luxury of being able to drive a Hellcat often, and I, you know, I often think that that car kind of fits me because it's, uh, you know, Hellcat can be uh, a Hellcat. I mean, it, <laughs> it can be wild. It can, you know, it can jump out of airplanes. It can race motorcycles, but it's, yeah. but it's also somewhat low maintenance, down to earth, blue collar, and I, you know, I always consider myself not, you know, not the high maintenance you know, high flying Ferrari kind of a person, uh, even though I, I love Ferraris and spend more money than my wife cares to admit on Ferraris. 
but I, I still, um, you know, I come from the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in a very modest family. I worked my way through high school and college, paid for my way for both of them. I consider myself kind of, myself kind of a blue collar, you know, bootstraps, uh, support yourself kind of a person, low maintenance. And I think that American muscle car, yet that Hellcat that's got 707 horsepower when you want it, I think kind of fits my personality. I like it. Nicely thought through. All right, we're entering the lightning round. I kind of call it a the last okay. lap here. These are for quick questions, quick answers. Uh, so we'll get some quick blips of that Hellcat throttle from you. This sounds oh so good. <laughs> All right, what's one of your personal... I'll, I'll use the red key for this. The red key, yeah. Oh, okay. What's one of your personal habits, Dave, you believe has contributed to your many successes in life? Oh, boy, I hope, I hope my wife's not going to listen to this because <laughs> she will have a different opinion of this. Of and I, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, but I am, uh, I actually think it's beneficial. I am a compulsive, anal retentive perfectionist. All right. Nothing wrong with that. And it drives my wife crazy. Yeah, I've got a wife like that myself. I've been married to for 36 years. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, my, yeah. My wife says I would have a real problem with it, but our house is always so nice and clean. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, same here, except when my wife goes in the pantry and spins all the labels just to kind of get at me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> what, Lord. I know. It's what keeps us sharp. What's wrong with those kind of people? <laughs> uh, well, they're just trying to keep us sharp. Loosen the, loosen the edges a little bit, Dave. It's a good thing, yeah. believe me. Yeah. If you could have a drink or a meal, with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I, you know, I would have to go back to some of the pioneers of, of the automotive industry. And, you know, back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, and I watched a TV show. I've watched it several times now. It's um, called The Cars That Built America. Mm-hmm. And it's about Ford and the Dodge brothers and, you know, all of the conflicting manufacturers that, that were the instigators of the of the automobile, which is, I, I think, I don't even think you can argue, probably has had more to do with the change of society and, and the change of how we live than any other single invention. And so I, just to be able to sit down with somebody like the Dodge Brothers and, oh, and yeah. just understand how they, how they persevered, how they went through that process, how, you know, the ingenuity that had to be behind that. It's not like you're refining something that, Already that exists. Already exists. Yeah, yeah. It's not different. like taking a car. You know, today we would say uh, Elon Musk, you know, is a pioneer. Well, Elon Musk is taking a car that already exists and figuring out how to power it differently. He's not starting with nothing and saying, let's see if we can build something people can sit in and ride and it'll go, you know, 50 miles an hour and, you know, burns gasoline. And so I, it, I think it'd be fascinating just to just to understand how they went through that process. Absolutely. Yeah, it would be amazing. Now, I typically ask my guests for the best automotive advice they've ever received. I'm going to ask this question differently for you. When it comes to one of us going to an auction, us meaning us other people other than you, what's the best advice you would offer us as we go to an auction, whether it be virtually or in person, so that we make the right choices? Uh, Do your homework. And, and whether you're virtual or you're at the auction, you can still do your homework. You can you can ask for pictures. You can uh, come preview vehicles before they cross the block. You can send a representative uh, that you may know to preview a vehicle for you. You can even hire people locally that will go uh, look at a vehicle and do research for you. There are websites like Carfax. The person that comes to the auction that 
doesn't even go look at the cars and sits down in a chair and sees a car cross the block and says, oh, that's pretty or that's shiny and buys the car and then decides to go look at it yes. are the ones that set themselves up to be disappointed. So you need to know all of the, I mean, these are old cars, right? You need to know what you're, you know, what you're getting into and, and they're going to have some bugs maybe and some flaws and you, you know, get, get to know that. So you know exactly what it is you're buying. And then, and then beyond that, what I, what I tell people, buy something you love. Don't, don't buy, don't buy a, a garage queen. Cars are meant to be driven. Buy a car that you love the car and you're going to drive the car. Yep. And and get the enjoyment out of it. They're they're built for that reason. As a matter of fact, you know, as you know, letting cars set is not good for a car. No, never. So you know, don't don't buy a monument. Don't buy a trophy. Don't buy a family heirloom. Buy something that you can enjoy. Yeah, unless you like parking it and looking at it, and that's it. <laughs> but car, <laughs> cars can be a lot more fun than that. Now, when it comes to resources, I'm obviously going to put Meekum Auctions as the number one resource on your show notes page. Is there another go to that you enjoy? I probably look at just about every website, magazine, resource that you can, that you can think of. I, that, you know, that's, I spend my days and nights doing that. Cause like I said, I'm a, I'm a car guy yeah. and that's what I enjoy. So it's, to me, it's the resources that you can use to educate yourself. And of course, Meekum.com, we have, uh, you know, plenty of information, not only on vehicles that are coming up for auction, but vehicles that have crossed the auction in, in the past. And you can do research and comparisons, but you know, we live in a we live in a in a world today where everything is at your fingertips and you know, use the internet. Use the internet to support your passion, to to assist you in in acquisitions or sales. You know, like I said before, websites like Carfax and, and Kelly Blue Book and and even going through some of the, you know, various magazines. And I, you know, I look at DuPont Registry. Uh, unfortunately, I look at DuPont Registry <laughs> <laughs> every month. And uh, I, I fall in love with cars in there. But you can learn a lot just from looking at what's for sale and, you know, listening to car enthusiasts. Absolutely. Is there a book you've read that you'd like to share? Uh, I read a lot because I drive a lot. It's, you and I were talking earlier, my, my commute's a little over uh, two hours each way, uh, each day. So I'm spending about four hours in my car. So I, I, I wouldn't say I read. I listen. I was going to say, uh, on, do you have one of those autonomous cars that just drives you to yeah. work? <laughs> no. And, and, and I tell you, I hope that, I hope that I don't live long enough for that to, to be the mainstream. <laughs> it, to me, I like driving. I don't, I don't want to get in the back seat and have the car drive for me, but that, that's a different topic. Probably the most influential book. I don't read fiction. Everything that I do is nonfiction. I, I like to educate myself. Probably the most educational uh, book that I've ever read was the collection of the Federalist Papers from Madison and Hamilton back in 1787-1788. But that's that would bore most people to tears. The most influential book uh, that I've read, and again being an ex-bicycle racer, was. Uh, back in uh, late 1999-2000, uh, the book was called It's Not About the Bike. It was written by Lance Armstrong, and it was Lance Armstrong's uh, account of his comeback from cancer. And really, the book is not about bikes, and it's not about bike racing. Again, it's about it's about someone that, regardless of what you think about all of the things that happened with Lance Armstrong after that, this is somebody that was that was given no hope. Uh, to survive and just put in his mind that I'm going to make this happen. 
and the book talks about all of the various things he had to go through to actually get back on a bike again and not only get on the bike but win the Tour de France and it's 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 inspirational I've uh, I have probably in my lifetime given that book away uh, copies of that book away 50 times um, because mm-hmm. in, unfortunately I hear of people that are that are going through struggles or people that actually have cancer my wife uh, being one of them twice now she's a survivor but that book I think is so helpful if, if in fact you have some kind of a debilitating disease like that a life-threatening disease but any kind of a struggle in life it just it, it kind of builds you up and says no matter what the odds are just step back figure out what your path forward is and start down it and things will be okay in most cases wonderful it's just a great book Certainly glad your wife is okay. My mom's a cancer survivor. Thank you. And other family members that have dealt with that too that are survivors. So, and sadly, we've lost a lot of family members as well. But uh, great book. Absolutely. Well, Dave, we're up to the checkered flag. I'm going to buy you a cool collector car today. I'm going to park it in your garage. <laughs> Anything you'd like can be yours. What's it going to be? Oh, boy, that's a tough one for, I know. A, for a car guy. I know. <laughs> You've been talking to my wife. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. She gave me a call beforehand. She goes, I need you, your help with Dave here. He's got a little compulsion yeah, problem. Yeah, get it down to one. But let's, let's just say for today, okay? I know that's difficult if you have a lot of cars. And believe me, I've interviewed people that have some of the finest collections in the world. But mm-hmm. they've all been able to answer the question. So I'm going to hold your feet yeah. to the fire. You know, I and I, I have a lot of interest. I I. I often tell people when they say, what kind of cars do you like? I say, I like anything that goes 200 miles an hour and makes a lot of noise. <laughs> but and, and those cars are fun. And I've I've had the luxury of being able to afford uh, some of those cars and, and have uh, some today that I get to drive occasionally. But if I could just have one car, and it would be the dream car to have in my garage, this may sound kind of odd to you. I enjoy the art of the automobile. Mm-hmm. The beauty of the design and the flow, and you know, not not maybe so much the engineering as as the look of the car. And I think the most beautiful car that's ever been manufactured is the Auburn Boattail Speedster. Ah, okay. I've told my wife that before, and I've told her I'm going to buy one. And then she asks how much they are, and then she she reminds me that I'm not going to. But and I always the way I describe it is that's the car that you can picture Clark Gable sitting in and driving down Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. 60, 70 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And and it, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first production car in the U.S. to, to break 100 miles an hour consistently. Yeah. It was the first 100-mile-an-hour car. And we've had several of those that have come through our auctions, and we had one that sat here in our own showroom for six months or so, and I just I, I would just stop and stare at it. Every time that I see one, they're just, they're just beautiful, beautiful cars. Yeah. Nice choice. Well, Dave, you've taken us on a really fun ride today. I knew this would be great. I want to thank you for sharing your stories and your journey. Before I let you go though, and drive away in that beautiful Auburn Boattail Speedster. So one little parting piece. Well, yeah, Mark, I was, I I was just going to ask Mark, are you going to have that delivered soon or when, when should I be home to expect it? Because you you said you were going to buy it. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I got to go out and source it first, of course, find the right one. You know, it might take a little while, but then I'm going to jump in. Hey, I know an auction company that can find one for you. Do you? Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, let me, let me make a note of that. I think it's spelled M-E-C-U-M. Mecum. Yeah. No doubt you can find me one of those. I'll get right to work on this, buddy. Uh, and before I've got another 1,712 cars to buy, I'm still working on a little bit here, but uh, <laughs> I'd love nothing more than to park one of those in your garage. What's a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer my listeners before you, you drive off into the sunset in that speecher? 
I, yeah, I think the pandemic is, uh, it just, it lends itself to just what you have to do in life is don't, don't look back. If you're going to look back, look back to learn, but don't dwell on it. You have to just take what's presented in front of you every day. Look at the situation. This is where I'm at today. That's where I want to get to. Uh, what's my course? How do I chart my course? It goes back to that, you know, set the goal. The circumstances are going to change every day. Every day when they change, just look at where you're at today, chart a new course and keep moving forward. Yeah, uh, great advice, especially this day and age with what we are all dealing with, for sure. Well, listen, you have taken me on a wonderful ride today. I want to remind our listeners, you can find Mecum, it's easy, M-E-C-U-M.com. You can find all their services, all the things you can do there. You know, no longer do you have to go to a place to get your dream car. They provide you with everything you need to do it from the luxury and safety of your desk or your home or even your phone or wherever you might find yourself. You can find everything Dave has shared today on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Dave Majors, M-A-G-E-R-S, and it will be right there. I want to do a shout out to David Morton at Mecom. He's such a great guy. He has helped align me with Dave today. So thank you, my friend, for connecting us. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Dave, for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. This has been great. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll, or I deliver that Auburn Boattail Speedster, I'll see you <laughs> down the road. Thanks, Mark. I look forward to seeing you at a Meekum auction soon. I can't wait. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans, racer, and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, founded Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series. These are four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends, titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Apex. It's a rich and complex blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, and Cabernet Franc. This blend is a showcase of perfection and hits the apex with its full-bodied smooth finish. An added very cool option is the label. It's a multi-dimensional rumble strip apex reminiscent of turn four at Laguna Seca. The Racing Series is a spectacular gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in all caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com today and use the code CARSYEAH. Cheers! Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!